For the first time since he became general manager of the Orlando Magic, we get to catch up with Anthony Parker, who joins us on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. Magic Pod Squad brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. So happy for Anthony Parker. He's had a terrific rise within the Orlando Magic organization. Of course, nine years as a player, six years overseas, five of those years for Maccabi Tel Aviv. And of course, uh, he, he offers his thoughts on the terrible tragedy that's happening in Gaza right now, something that hits home for Anthony Parker after his time in Israel. It's nine years in the NBA. One of those was here in Orlando, but since 2012, he's been working in some capacity for the Orlando Magic organization. So he talks about his rise up the ranks to eventually becoming general manager now for this Magic organization. His thoughts on this team as they come through training camp, some of the bright spots, and what we can expect for this Magic team, the 2023-24 edition. Lots of good stuff with Magic general manager Anthony Parker on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, George Galante, Jeff Turner. We are pleased to be joined by the newly named general manager of the Orlando Magic. He is Anthony Parker. This is promotion number nine in the last four years. For Anthony Parker and the four of us guys have been doing the exact same thing for 30 years. So that's pretty that's pretty impressive. The meteoric rise of Anthony Parker. I love it. Congrats, AP. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Excited to be here with you guys today. So you're back at the time of this taping, you're in Cleveland, where you spent the last three years of your NBA career, nine NBA seasons, six overseas, and of course here with the Magic during that heart and hustle season, 99-2000. What are you, what are you, what's your, some of your favorite things to do in Cleveland? You're, you're back there. What do you get to do now? Well, listen, Cleveland is, a lot of people think it's it's a bad city, but it's really, really nice. Um, yep. I, I lived on the east side. Uh, my kids went to school here for three years, obviously. We found a lot of nice restaurants, a lot of nice people. We had some, we had some good times here. So I, I'm enjoying being back. Only you and Toonji feel that way. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's because only Tunji and I have spent a lot of time here in Cleveland. I've only spent like a week there, so I, I can't. I can't. And it was probably it. like All Star in February or something. You know, it's just yeah. It's and the playoffs in May. In May it was nice. It was yeah. decent. It was exactly. Decent. All right. Yeah. All right. But that well, David. May. David. What would Paul Kennedy? Paul Kennedy would say, "I spent a week there one day." That's what Paul Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, that, no. That, that's a classic PK line for sure. <laughs> Now, Cleveland, you're right. There's, uh, you know, there's a great men's clothing store downtown, and we found uh, several good places on Calabers. Yeah. We we found some some great restaurants down there. So not bad, AP. If the weather's if the weather cooperates, if the weather okay. cooperates, if the weather's nice. But I will say that, uh, you know, if that's the first a uh, men's clothing store is the first thing you say about a city, it might not be. <laughs> but 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 listen, there are some great restaurants, great lot great places. I I really was surprised and enjoyed my time here in Cleveland. Well, if David, you just want we, I, well, go ahead, go ahead, JT. Today, David and I spent a day many years ago at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. You know, that's yes, that's, that's, that. that's something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but first, the clothing store. There's a nice video if you get a chance. Check it out. They did it. The Cleveland Tourism Department did a nice job. Hey, so you start <laughs> with. I want to give you a lot of credit, AP. Congrats again on becoming the general manager here for the Orlando Magic. You started as a, as a scout for five years. 
12 to 17, and then you go to Lakeland, and, and you're running the show in Lakeland, now Osceola, uh, for four years. The team wins a championship uh, under your guidance and kind of worked your way up, assistant GM and then this year GM. So so congrats, and how does it feel to to, to kind of have this title and, and to have worked so hard and, and to have earned the title of GM? Well, I, I, I'm excited about the opportunity, and, and really, you know, when I when I became a scout, it was really just to stay around the game. I really wanted to continue to learn around, uh, learn about the game and through a different lens, and 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 continue to just be on the road. And and, and I didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, and and Jeff and John and Pete and everybody uh, in our group has been amazing to me. We have a lot of people that have been GMs prior, and, yeah. and so they've been very helpful. And and honestly, you know, the role hasn't changed that much yet. Uh, but I'm sure if we talk in a month, I'll, I'll have some more <laughs> some more updates for you. Well, when did you know, AP? You said you didn't know when you started this journey to where you are now. When when did you have an idea? You know, yeah, this is something that I can attain, and and this is something I'd like to like to try to aspire to. Well, Jeff's first year here, uh, when he announced that I'd be the GM for Lakeland at the time. That that was probably the time when it started to shift for me. And and I you know, anybody in, in a front office role, if you get to be the first the GM of the G League team, I think that's the the biggest growth opportunity for you because it is really kind of your baby. And on yes, you know, Jeff Jeff is is still you have to check in and you have to but but all of the small decisions and it's such a small staff and you have to wear so many hats and you just get to grow so much professionally, personally. Uh, and so that, that was the time for me where I was like, you know what, I, I, I kind of get it now. I, I got the bug, I got the itch and, and, you know, this is a track that I think I want to, um, see where it goes. AP, AP, you were, you were a player, um, nine years in the NBA. I think you played overseas in, in six years. So you had a long professional playing career. You know, I'm wondering how your future career track back then, what did you imagine yourself doing or? Or were you like a lot of players and didn't really give it a, a lot of thought until it, it, you know, became pretty evident that your career playing days were about to end? Well, one thing the NBA does a really good job of trying to do is getting players to think about what they want to do after they're done playing. And unfortunately, as a player, you're you're thinking of your next contract. You're not thinking of anything beyond that. Like that that consumes you. Not not necessarily thinking of your next contract, but you're just pursuing your basketball career. You're trying to become the best basketball player you can be. And, you know, you might take some classes and things like that. So after the hard hustle year, which, you know, uh, Dante mentioned earlier, I was a part of very briefly. Uh, I was waved. I was waved. <laughs> you, you were there. You were there. <laughs> so I don't think I was part of the hard hustle team, uh, but, but you know, I, I did wear the jersey. You were part of the John Gabriel purge. Of there, the yeah. Players. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually played more games in Quad City that year, but that's okay. <laughs> exactly, I was Quad City Thunder. Um, but no, I so when I got away from that team and I and I ended up overseas, you know, you, you kind of realize, hey, you you don't know how long this thing's going to last, and and you are relatively young, and you do need to figure out kind of what this means. And and when I was fortunate enough to get another shot at coming back to the NBA, that was something right away that I was like, okay, let me get to the bottom of this, and and. There's the coaching track for me. It was it was possibly the broadcasting track, and then and then front office. And um, I, unfortunately, I I uh, I didn't want to be on the court rebounding and, and passing to the same guy all 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 year. So that that was my thing. 
Uh, but I also had a couple friends that were scouts and in the front office, and it just is, was something that appealed to me a, a lot more. Um, and so that was what I pursued. And, and fortunately, it, it worked out because there's no guarantee. It's it's a tough business to get. It's tough yes. space to get into. There's limited amounts of jobs. And I was just very fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. It's interesting. You know, you said something uh, earlier about, you know, at, at the beginning, you just kind of wanted to stay around the game. Um, I think for former players, you know, you reach a spot and, you know, I've told people all the time, people say, what do you miss? And I always tell them, I miss the locker room. I miss the camaraderie. I miss being around uh, around the team. Are you amazed? You mentioned a couple. Yeah, it's hard to get your foot in the door, but there are so many more opportunities, I feel like, for former players now whether the league is, um, you know, really encouraging it, whether it be in coaching, whether it be a front office work, scouting uh, in the broadcast booth. I, I, you know, for me, I don't remember though there being that many more opportunities that there are now. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of opportunities and there's a lot of, of ways while you're still playing to kind of dip your toe in the water and see if it's something you'd like to do. I, I remember I did the sports broadcaster you up in Syracuse uh, for, for one season and really came out of there getting a good feel for what it's about and, and if it's something that appeals to you. And, and so those opportunities players do have, but it is tough, you know, in the off season, you're worried about working on your game and during the season, it's tough to focus on much else. And so I always encourage players to kind of just start thinking of those things. And, and as you're playing, you know, letting people know that's what you want to do because after you're done playing, it's, it's a lot harder to get people to call you back. Then you realize you're stuck next to Dante. And that's yeah. Well, and like you get, get out of the sports broadcaster track. <laughs> Got to sit next you, to Mark and Kelly the whole you time. Already have, you already have more training than George, AP, but there's <laughs> broadcaster <laughs> you. you already, which is pretty impressive. AP, you mentioned, we, we, you know, we mentioned overseas, right? And I know you're, you don't shy away from it. You really enjoyed your time overseas. And in two things, I, I know your heart breaks like the rest of ours. You spent five or six years overseas in Israel, right? Playing in Tel Aviv, about 40 miles from Gaza, where everything's happening right now. So I, so I know you have thoughts on that and, and I'm sure your heart breaks there. But I, And I know you, you're very appreciative and fond of the time you spent in Israel and in that Israeli Premier League. Yeah, real, Israel became a, a part of me and a part of my story. You know, uh, both of my kids went to school over there. My last one was born there. And, you know, my heart is just with the people in Israel right now at this time. Um, I've been over there during a couple of the skirmishes and outbreaks and stuff like this, but nothing like this. And so I know, you know, I I can imagine what they're going through. I've been in touch with a couple of former teammates and friends. And, you know, it's just a really sad situation. You just hope hope it it gets resolved uh, as quick as possible. JT, you played overseas too. I I know for you guys, I mean, it's just a, there's some great talent. There's some great talent that never makes it over to the NBA. There's great guys that you played against, AP, that that uh, that, that never made it to the over, made it to the NBA. And then it's been a it's been a launching pad for a lot of guys to go. Kind of what did you get to hone on and then come back and ultimately spend what another six years in the NBA? Yeah, apologies, I I uh, didn't answer your first question. So way to way to double back. See, that's the yeah, that's skills right. that I didn't have as a sports broadcaster. <laughs> that's why I had to be on this track. Um, <laughs> But no, I, 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 I'm I, famous for asking four questions at once, so I apologize. <laughs> that's, something, that's something they teach you not to do. <laughs> no, I, I, 
thoroughly enjoyed my my time overseas. It it gave as a basketball player, it provided me the opportunity to continue to mature as a player and to get better. And and really, the first time around, I wasn't ready. Uh, but but being able to go over there and play at a high level, the second time around, I, I felt I was. But then more than that, just your perspective on life, uh, being able to travel and 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 see things, uh, experience different cultures and languages, and just really broaden, you know, how how you view life. And, and so, I, I really feel like when I travel now or when I meet people, there there are so many ways to connect with people, and one of them is traveling. If you're from somewhere else. Or if you traveled somewhere else, you know, it's just, it was a, it was a great experience for me and, and something that had really changed, uh, my life in, in a sense. And so, uh, also in the chair that I sit in now, you know, being able to have an understanding of what European basketball is like, uh, where those teams are, what certain players, uh, what they experience either coming over here or, or, or where they're from and understanding a little bit more about the culture. And so it's just it, it just helped me in a, in a lot of different ways. You know, Jeff mentioned you guys were talking about a moment ago how many opportunities there are now for people to get into the NBA and all types of uh, different levels uh, of different departments of NBA teams in the league office. I, I had a uh, longtime assistant coach I was talking to the other day, uh, and he said that, you know, it's easier to get in, but it's harder to move up. And I thought I thought about that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And so, what was the key for you? I mean, obviously, you've made tremendous strides up that ladder from 2012 when you joined the Magic. So, what was the key for you in moving up? Yeah. So, I I will not sit here and say that I did anything better than anybody else, or that I, you know anything about me sets me apart. I, I think really Jeff has been unbelievable to me from day one, giving me the opportunity to grow our group has been unbelievable. You know, Jeff and John, they've promoted from within. And, you know, uh, when, when we've, we've lost people or not lost people, but people have moved on to bigger and better situations, they've promoted from within. And, and so it really, the credit goes to, to Jeff and John and the way they kind of run our group, uh, since, since taking over. And, and so just fortunate again, to, to be in the right place at the right time and, and just try to learn around people that have done it for a long time. You know, AP, I think it would do people a lot of good, us included, all of us in the travel party, NBA players, to spend a couple of weeks traveling like the G League players do, right? Would, would that not, could that only help but give everybody an appreciation for this league? I think about Jeff having to catch the first flight out, right, in your playing days and flying commercial. And I just feel like all of that could only help, right? And I, I think guys, in the, you saw it firsthand, right? It's got to give all those guys a true appreciation when they do make it. Well, a lot of guys talk about how much they want it, right? People talk about how much they want it, both both as coaches, as as management, as players. And you come out of the G League knowing, okay, if this is what's required, do you still want it? You know, yeah, like right? do you still want it? And and to me, I loved it. I loved it. It, it, it reminded me a little bit of overseas. You have to grind, um, and, and and you know, you eat together, you travel in a different way. Like it just really creates a bond. Uh, in, in the group. And, and so that was one of the best things about Lakeland is just forming those bonds with, with staff members and players and, and watching them go on and play in different leagues and get married and have children and, and have those discussions, um, in the process. And so it, it was special. You got to wear a lot of different hats. You've got to get over yourself and, and, and grow professionally and, and, and personally. And so, 
I enjoyed it, but yes, if uh, everyone had to do that, I'm I'm sure uh, <laughs> there might be a little less competition for some of these. <laughs> we say it all the time, though. Dante and I said it. Last, we've actually said it multiple times. Like, if anybody's ever complaining around the the t- the staff or that they should be, they should have to go down to the G League for for a few days, for a couple of days, and then they'll have a greater appreciation yes. and, and coming back. And we get to like determine what trips they go on. Okay, so, so every trip, every trip isn't the like same. Yeah, we get to hey, you got to go to this place and that place is part of your uh, part of your. Genius. You don't you don't want to say which places those. Don't want to say which places. No, don't want to say which places. Ball, you don't want to say. Yeah, right. Does it rhyme with Miri? Miri. <laughs> it's with Miri. I can I can imagine. Well, how about this team now, AP? Fast forward, you've come through training camp. You had your first preseason game last night. You know, we watch from afar and sitting up on the perch, very competitive training camp. I, I think you look and say, wow, Jalen Suggs was phenomenal. How good is it to see Jalen, uh, Jonathan Isaac running around out there again, right? It looks like you got depth, you got health as we knock on wood. Just what are some of your takeaways from training camp? Well, it started in the off season and, and you guys have been around. Our gym was, was pretty full, you know, all summer. These guys from the very beginning wanted to put in the work. They, they, they saw what they could become as a group towards the end of last year as we got healthy and started to make our run. And, you know, Coach Mosley and his staff have been preaching, all right, you know, this is what we say we want to be about. We got to do the work. You know, you hear Coach Mosley talk about that a lot of time. We got to, we got to put in the work. We got to do the work, detail your work, level up, all of those things. And so the guys have really bought into it and, and really put the time in. And we're just hoping that we can stay healthy and that we can kind of see what, what we have. But, you know, even last night you saw – our depth, you saw some of the growth in some of our guys' games and confidence, all of those things. And they competed from from the beginning to the end. And I think that's that's really the thing that you're trying to instill into a young group. Winning is so hard in this league. It's so hard. And so this is what's required. This There's a level of consistency. Uh, there's a level of effort and and all of those things that go into giving, your cha- giving yourself a chance to win against good teams in this league. AT, talk about you, you mentioned Coach Mosley a little bit, and I, you know I think it gets lost sometimes. That, you know we've got a young coach, um, you know that's that's young in his head coaching career. Talk about you know just tell us a little bit your observations of him, the growth. Um, you know we're, uh, we're very big fans of Coach Mosley. He gives us great access. He's he's very transparent with us. Um, but watching from the side. It's just his leadership and the way he conducts himself on the floor with the players, those relationships. He really is a special human being, isn't he? He is, and and you can't talk about Coach Mosley until you talk about his ability to connect with our players and with our staff. If you sit in a practice, you see it as soon as he comes into the gym, as soon as players are around him. And when I say Coach Mosley, he represents his entire staff as well. Uh, You see guys go up to coaches and put their arms around them and just talk and uh, our group is just so bought in, and I've, I've just heard from a number of people that are, are seeing our group for the first time. We've had visitors come in and, and watch practice, and they just talk about how connected everyone is and, and how rare it is to see that at this level, especially with a young group. And, and so, number one, it's Coach Mosley's ability to get players to connect with him and to buy into the message. And And you guys have seen this year that you know, Coach Mosley has has stopped practice repeatedly and let guys know that this is a new year and this is how we're going to, we say we want to get to a certain place. This is how we're going to do it. 
And, and so we're we're actually leveling up this year. And and what we used to do the last year and the year before is no longer going to be tolerated. And so you see that you see that uh, in Coach Mosley and his staff. And and I think the good thing and where those relationships and those connections come out is players respond to it in a positive way because they're like, yes, this is what we talk about. And so, all right, we'll get on the line and run because that's not what we, that's not how we're going to get to where we're going to go where we want to go. Did you just jumping in there? Did you? I was thinking back through my history as a player. I didn't have many coaches like Jamal Mosley. How many did you have, baby? <laughs> I was fortunate to have a couple, and and it and it really makes all the difference in the world. It it, it really does. When you want to run through a wall for your coach, you you can take instruction, you can take criticism, uh, all in a different way. And, and as a team, you know. You have to be able to do that. You have to be able to, it's got to be something bigger than you. And so Coach Mosey and his staff have done an unbelievable job and continue to do an unbelievable job of getting our team to buy in, to getting them to go in the same direction and holding them accountable and then responding to it. We have a lot of players that uh, have been around now for a couple of years. So they've been together with the coaching staff. And we've talked about this. Coach Mosley spent a couple of years really developing nurturing, fostering those relationships and connecting with the players. And now when it's time, you know, really get serious and we're we're in a point where we have a chance to win some basketball games in a major way this year, I feel like those connections that he's made the, the last couple of years have really helped him step on it, step on that gas pedal for this season. How do you see that? How important is it for a coach to establish those relationships early with players? I think it's one of the most important things, and it, and it's something uh, that I really saw up close when I was in Lakeland. And you know, to be able to hold a team accountable, they they have to believe that you have their best interests at heart, right? And and that you're trying to get them as a team and them individually where they say they want to go. And and not only do they have to hear you talk about it and, and react to it, but they have to see the authenticity in you and how you walk and how you move. And Coach Mosley and his staff are are genuine people that walk the walk. And, and the players see that. And so, you know, they can talk the talk and the players uh, have to respond to that. And and so no matter how good you are, you're going to get hit in the mouth a couple times during the season, no matter no matter how good you are. And so those relationships and and the things that they've been through this summer and up to this point, that's where that that comes in and, and the ability to kind of look back and say, hey, listen, this is what we talked about. We knew this was coming. This is what we prepared for. Here's how we're going to respond. AP, how do you feel that the team has responded to the slightly raised expectations going into the year? How do, have, have you seen any difference in their demeanor, the way they go about their business? Is there anything different? I think they're more determined and more focused because of the message that they're hearing from Coach Mosley. You know, it's it's not, hey, this is what they're saying we're supposed to be or whatever. This is what you're saying you want to be about, so it's going to happen. No, no, no. This is what's on the other side of that. If, if we say we want to do those things, this is the work that's required to get there. This is the level of consistency and, and detail that it's re- that's required to get there and win in this league. And so there's just a raised um, expectations in practice, you know, not necessarily externally in terms of wins and losses, but like what's required for us to get there. And we're no longer tolerating certain things that maybe have kind of uh, been allowed at, for, for a younger group in the past. You hear that, Dante? It's not that. tolerated anymore. I, I know. I got to tolerate it. That's me, me specifically. I'll be ready. Well, I got to level up too. Hey, hey, AP, the uh, GM survey just came out. You know the one that you have Toonji or Mervis fill out? 
I I don't I don't have uh, John Hammond status yet. I got I, <laughs> I got so what to get there. So you had to do that AP, one. AP put in a lot of work on that survey. I just okay. I like it. Well, I and I kid. Very I'm serious. Very serious. Now, now, now I will say I will say that is not all me. I I leaned on our group and like yeah. our group. You know, this is not me just you know making these decisions. So I I needed the entire group to help. But, but I you think took it, you're but, 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 but Dante, you, you took it seriously though because I filled out that survey in the past. Just so you know, <laughs> I, just to be just to be clear for everyone. Well, well I can tell you, I can tell you, George, this year's probably our our survey was probably a lot less accurate uh, for that reason. So <laughs> and, maybe we should go back to you filling it out. Well, that is true. Next year. George next does year. have a George does have an eye for talent. I'll give him that. <laughs> uh so the, if you look at the GM survey, you're the magic are well represented, AP. And I, I know it must it must make you proud, but you know, some of the categories, breakout season, Franz Wagner was third, Paolo Bancaro was fourth, uh, best young core, this Magic team was third. Uh, people are, are kind of excited or at least maybe are, are expecting a, a step forward from this young core. Tell us about the young core and what they might be able to do in your eyes this year. Yeah, well, I think people see what what um, what um we saw and the fans saw towards the end of last year as we got healthy. And, you know, but what I what I what I've learned, and I'm sure you guys have learned as well, is is every game has a life of its own, and every season have a has a life of its right. own. And so, what you've done previously, there's no guarantee that that means future success. And, and again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but our group, Coach Mosley, uh, Jeff, has continually preached that, like you know, we need our individual uh, games to improve, and we need collectively to 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 get better. And but but it is exciting to have a buzz around the team and have a belief. And, and have a you know a direction of hey this is where we want to go and 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 we have the talent to get there and you saw a little bit of it last night it was it was, it was fun to finally get out of camp and beat each other up and, and get on a court and play against somebody else. Hey P, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go there. Yeah, I'm gonna ask the can the can do the question. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So your sister, <laughs> just for fans who may not know, and I'm sure everybody listening knows, your sister is Candace. Parker, who one of the great women's players of all time, broadcaster, still WNBA player. Um, but I'm going to go at it from a little different direction. Uh, your dad played in the Big Ten, right? Yes. So very you grew good. up in a basketball family. You got you got a you're the oldest. There's a middle brother, and then Candace is the baby in the family. But what was it like growing up in this environment with a dad who played in the Big Ten, and uh, your brother played basketball as well? I understand he's had a great. Uh, great career outside of basketball but what was your family life like how, how does that family produce anthony parker your your brother who's successful in medical field and then candace one of the great all-time women players well uh, some people might not know this but i'm i'm most proud of of my brother honestly uh you know candace has done great and everybody kind of knows who she is and what she represents and you know, I'm so proud of, of who she is, but but my brother took a different path and and he went to medical school at Johns Hopkins, residency at Johns Hopkins, and he's a radiologist. And, you know, he he somehow he slides under the radar. He's somehow the doctor in the family nobody talks about, but uh go one of the best medical schools in, in the world. And and so he just he just represents kind of what our house was about. Um my my mom and dad, you know, hey, look, whatever you want to do, whatever your goals are, we we believe that you can get there. You know, we we believe that whatever you put your mind to do, you can do, but here's the work. Here's what's required to do it. And um, there was an extremely competitive household in anything, whether it was Uno, ping pong, whatever it was, it was, it was competitive, uh, but it was fun too. And, and my dad having played, my mom was 
played, she didn't play uh, in college, but she played in little, you know, as much as she could. And um, so she knows the game. She's been a coach uh, for myself and my brother and my sister. And so it was just, it was funny. It was comedy, um, but it was competitive. And we all supported each other, very close-knit family. And and just, you know, yeah, like it, it was it was, it was was a lot of fun. A lot of people ask my dad, you know, mom, what, what they did, you know, how what, what do they do as parents? And I just think they got lucky there was nothing that they did uh, no i'm just kidding <laughs> no, no they, they they were they were unbelievable my dad has has been my hero since i've been uh you know since i can remember and and so just it's fun to kind of see how things have gone so far david i was surprised i got into a conversation with ap the other day and we were talking about the game of golf and ap is not a golfer it's not has That's not true. played. Stick with it. And I got yeah. the feeling, AP, you can bet me, the reason is, is because he's not, he hasn't played it. So his friends would be so competitive and he would be so competitive. He doesn't play because he doesn't want to get into that environment uh, because they'd be talking so much trash and everything. Is AP, am I summing that up about, about right? Yeah. So this is a conversation I've had with a lot of people because they're like, they can't believe that I don't play golf. And and it was a decision. All shooters play golf. And I went out enough to know that I would get, I would, I would love to play. I would love it. It's, it's when you hit the ball just right that one time, like I, it's such a great feeling. It's such a great feeling, but I don't play for that reason right there. uh, JT, like my friends are super competitive. You guys know golf is a game that you have to continue to do to stay at the level or to get better, and it requires time. And and so I know if I went out with my friends, I'd be, you know, you're not going to beat me. You're not just going to beat me and talk bad to me and take my money and stuff. So so I'm going to get better, time away from the family. I'd probably, probably create some family problems. So I just chose, you know what, I'm going to just choose the family. I'm going to, you know, golf, sacrifice that, and and stay happy. Stay happy. That's a good decision, AP. Good decision. <laughs> well, if you change your mind, George and I are good golfers, so we can help you. <laughs> yeah. you, get, you know, you, the, high, the higher the score, the better, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your you money's know, worth, don't you, George? Got to get my swings out there. I paid a lot of money to be on that course. <laughs> David mentioned Candace, and it's a you know it's unfortunate she got hurt this year um, because she was on she's on Las Vegas, and they're in the WNBA Finals game two tonight, best of five. They're up one game to none. Uh, I, how is she 37 already, AP? I remember when you'd bring her to the RDV and she'd get, she'd play down there and and just dominate all of us back then as a kid. Now she's 37, right? Probably at the end, close to it of her WNBA career. But what an accomplished career! Two-time champion, two-time MVP. I mean, you must be proud of that. What she's been able to do. Oh yeah, I mean, we we all know what Candace has been able. Even to though do. she's not a doctor, I know. That. Yeah, I mean, she's. She's done all right. She's no, she's no doctor. She hasn't gone to Johns Hopkins, but she's done all right. Um, no, we we all know who she is as a player and, and what she's accomplished. And I think the good thing about it is is the things that she's been able to do on the court, uh, winning championships and dunking and all those things like that, has just uh, allowed her to to do some things that a lot of people didn't see women doing a lot of before. And so that that's the thing that I'm most proud of with Candace is she used. Um, the platform that she's been given to to have a positive impact on people and especially uh girls growing up around the country and around the world and and that hey listen you can sit at this table you can be in these rooms you can accomplish these things and here I'm going to do it so that you can see it and 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 really you know allow allow uh people to come 
behind her and and, and accomplish more. And that's that's really what she wants. But she's she's incredible. Like I, you know, I can't believe she's thirty seven because I still see her as my little baby sister, um, right. and always will for some reason. And and you know, you you, you talked about uh, David. People might not know she's my sister. Um, I'm, I'm introduced usually as Candace Parker's brother. So I think yeah, <laughs> most people might not know my name, but, but when they see me, they know she's my sister. That's, that's how I'm recognized mostly. So I, I appreciate that. Well, I think it's a great, I think it's a great story. I, you know, what's interesting, anybody that spent any time with AP, especially if you have dinner, he comes up with these questions that get you <laughs> thinking, right? So yep. is that, where does, what's the, what's the impetus for that? Was that when you're trying to get a feel for a guy during your scouting days or you come up with these brain teasers and I, I feel like you're documenting the answers because you're able to quickly tell what kind of person we are. <laughs> no, no. With, with no, some no. of the answers. He's got a notebook to his bed. <laughs> I do have a list of questions. I do have a list of questions. I am yeah, not. I, I am it's not. Great. I think it's great. I'm not keeping up on on who answered what and what kind of person they are. But but I do think. Um, I don't know where it started. It. I just. I've always had an interest in some of these questions. Uh, you hear a story on a radio show or you see a movie and it gets you to thinking. And and people just gravitate. A lot of people, not not all, uh, gravitate towards the questions. And 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 it's a way to kind of be an icebreaker at a dinner or any kind of conversation you're in. And it's fun. And I tell people, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but I do judge people based on what they answer. <laughs> See, you got to be careful. I knew it. I knew it. How hard is training camp, AP? I know as a veteran, you got some veteran guys. You got a guy like Joe Ingles, who I think is a great addition, by the way. It was pretty interesting in training camp. Coach Mosley said you can pick one guy. If he makes a three, you don't have to run. And everybody unanimously looked at Joe. And he stepped out into the corner, nailed a three, and they didn't have to run. So you add him, but you've got veterans that are there. You've got young guys. I think everybody wants to play games. How tough is it to to kind of get through training camp and really the preseason, ultimately getting towards opening night? Yeah, training camp is tough, man. It's it's you're you're especially as a young player. You know, you kind of don't know what to expect, or or there's a lot of things coming at you, and you're trying to find your way, and things are moving so fast. It's almost a little bit like summer league, right? It's played at a higher speed than than a regular season game. And so it it is difficult, um, and, you know, a lot of the practices and you got to take care of your body, all of those things. And, and having a, a veteran like Joe uh, is great because, you know, I've been here long enough to know how hard it is to find that profile of a player, the, the player that commands the respect of the team when he talks, that he can pull people aside and they're going to listen, but also can still step on the court and do it at a high level. And you talk about the stories of, of everybody, you know, choosing Joe to step out there and hit that shot <laughs> so they don't have to keep running. Uh, and I remember one of the shots he shot like midway to the basket, he yells out layup, you know, and the ball goes into the basket. So it's just that confidence, that swagger that he's always played with, uh, the the joy for the game, the joy to just kind of be around the team and 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 the young players see that and and gravitate towards that. And, and um, you know, he, he, he certainly adds a, a ton to this team. But, but we had a great training camp. I think uh, we learned a lot. It was a lot more defense, and I think Coach Mosley and the staff have said, hey, listen, we're going to be way ahead defensively uh, before our offense comes. But, you know, you start to see guys settle in, even last night against the Pelicans, settle in offensively, get the spacing down, start to generate some quality shots. And, and down the line, not just uh, the first five, but 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 everybody that touched the floor uh, had a positive impact. I was talking to a fan just last night who's really excited. Fans are really pumped up about this season around here, I think. Uh, there's a 
real energy around Central Florida for this this basketball team this year. But she said, um, and they go to all the games. She said that what I love about this Magic team with Mosley and his staff is that the players seem to really like each other. They seem to really be pulling for each other. That there's a genuine camaraderie. It's not phony. Uh, what is that? What you see is that that's that's the sense that I think we all get. Yeah, I mean, and it starts it starts with Coach Mosley. Um, it, it starts with uh, with with our staff, and and you know when you walk in the door, no matter who you were or, or kind of some of the places you've been, you, you feel the difference when you come in. You feel that this young group, and and you know we've we've started to do some things as far as like uh, meditation and things like that. And it's not always easy to get young guys or even older guys to buy into to some of those things. But, you know, I think you see the trust and you see the relationships come through in those moments when you're asking someone to do something that might be a little different than what they're used to. Uh, and they not and they don't know, or, you know, are you taking it seriously? Is everybody taking it seriously? They're looking around and yeah, everybody's taking it seriously. And so you kind of fall in line uh, because that's what everybody's doing. And I think that's that's what's special about our young group, um, and you know it's just it's just fun to see guys mature and grow uh, on the court, but but as a person as well. All right, last thing, AP. I, I know there's there's a business side of the job, right? You, you'd love to keep all seventeen of these guys forever, right? But it's hard. I know you're evaluating constantly. You have decisions to make throughout the year, and and so what will you be watching on? You know, some of the things that you're kind of going to have your eye on. I know Jeff Weltman always says the team will dictate what we add, right? Who we add and the pieces that we're going to add. So free agency is a whole another animal. But what are some of the things you're going to watch this year uh, that that kind of excite you and, and as, as this team continues its journey and, and hopefully takes a big step? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I can't say it any better than Jeff. You know, I think the team is going to dictate uh, a lot of those decisions, and I and I will say that those are those are first world problems. You know, to to have to make some of those decisions means yeah. that guys have have gotten better, uh, guys have a lot of value, and, and they make it uh, difficult to 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 make those decisions. But but I think as we go along, you know, like Jeff said, th- those things will will start to become apparent, and and you know, it's just what the league requires, uh, especially a lot earlier than than you'd like. You know, you, you need more time. Uh, with guys a lot of times but this is this is how the league is set up and and um you know those decisions will come but we can just stay healthy and continue to grow as a group you know i'm, I'm really excited for for what this season could look like all right well i know i speak for everybody we're excited the town is excited fans are ready to go and we got opening night coming up here in a couple of weeks enjoy the rest of your time in in cleveland it probably means about an eight fifteen bedtime tonight but uh have a <laughs> <laughs> have a great time. Good luck tomorrow. Come back healthy. Let's have a great season, AP. Thank you guys for this time. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, let's do it again. You I know what's good? The next time we do do it again, we'll, we'll just have you ask the questions like we're at dinner. And I will judge I will judge each of you for your answer. Yes. <laughs> and the, I, I thought I like it. that would be a great podcast. Get ready. <laughs> That's great. Get ready. They're We're thought-provoking. Ready. They're good questions. I, I leave feeling bad about my decision. <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We'll see you next time.